0: Welcome to Keystone Education Radio, the podcast for all things focused on education in Pennsylvania. Now here's your host, Annette Gray. Today's episode was pre-recorded during the 2018 School Leadership Conference. We were able to spend some time talking with one of our featured speakers to discuss how to create and support a school climate that is less susceptible to bullying, harassment, and violence. The concept we'll hear about is focused on the spread and perpetuation of kindness, compassion, and respect in school environments. With a national average of 160,000 students who skip school every day for fear of being bullied and 71 percent of students reporting bullying as a significant issue in their schools, this topic is an important one that deserves a close look from all angles. Today I'm here with guest Daryl Scott. He is an author and the founder of Rachel's Challenge, an organization that focuses on creating a culture of kindness to combat bullying. The program is based on the writings of his daughter Rachel who died during the Columbine High School shooting in 1999. Welcome Daryl, thank you for being here.
1: Well thank you, it's great to be here with you.
0: Thank you. In your presentation you made a statement that caught my interest. You mentioned that there are anti-bullying programs that actually cause bullying. Can you expound on that and tell me a little bit more about why that occurs?
1: Yeah, you know, I've heard that from uh, a number of educators are in a number of schools where they've had bullying programs that are labeled as bullying programs. We don't label ours as a bullying program. Okay. Uh, and I think the reason for that, it's well-intended people. It's not, it's not a criticism of them. They have good sure. things to say. But I think if, especially if we're gearing this toward children, uh, by using a word over and over again like bullying, it actually draws their attention to it. And so what you focus on, you become. And if you focus on the problem too much, you enhance the problem. If you focus on the solution to the problem, you enhance the solution. Okay. So we energize the things we focus on. And uh, like if someone said, uh, you just, you know, don't turn out to be like your Uncle Frank. <laughs> right. And I keep thinking about how Uncle Frank was and he was a mean old, yeah. you know. Yes. And then I'll turn out exactly like him because I'm focused on what I don't want to be instead of what I want to be. So that's the reason for me saying that. Uh, we have heard that from schools and from uh, bullying experts. Okay. That. Uh, If there's too much focus on that subject, it actually creates more of it.
0: Interesting, really interesting. And that's kind of a good lead into what I was going to ask you next, which is there are three, three separate but related topics that are high on the radar for our school districts, safety and security, so school safety and security, school climate, and suicide prevention. And so within the context of the school environment, do you think that, kindness, respect, compassion, all of the uh, traits that are highlighted in your program, the kind that is spread and the kind that becomes a chain reaction, is that at the core solution for some of these issues, school safety, school climate, suicide prevention, is the core of the solution really kindness and respect?
1: You know, I'm on a ramble here a second in my answer, but there's been three philosophical shifts in education since the time of Horace Mann, who started public education. Uh, he had a saying, it was the heart, the head, and the hands. He focused on the person, the whole child. We shifted that focus with John Dewey when uh, education became institutionalized and we began to create grade levels and we began to treat children like as though they're going through a factory system. Yes. And so we shifted from focus on the person when it was the three H's, heart, head, and hands, to the process of education, which became the three Rs, reading, writing, arithmetic, which was in place when I was growing up in school hundreds of years ago. <laughs> in the nineteen seventies, that began to shift to academics and SAT scores. The acronym for that is ASS. <laughs> it went okay. from the three H's to the three R's to ASS. Yes. <laughs> and unfortunately, uh it became performance, and performance became the focus when money became an issue for schools. Okay. Schools were rewarded for high academic performance. So none of this was done maliciously, but it took o- over a period of time we began to shift our focus. And uh, philosophical cycles sometimes go back to where they started, and I think we're on the brink of recognizing the need to go back to the hard head and hands, the whole okay. person. And that's not just me speaking, that's Dr. Marzano, Dr. Cook, many of the great educators are seeing that we must refocus on the child. Education is not about the teacher. It's not about the school, it's about the child. And when it comes to safety, it's just as important for a child to feel safe as it is for a child to be safe. Mm -hmm. So we can talk all day about hardening the target and gun control, those issues, but we have a lot of children in safe schools that don't feel safe. Right. And if they don't feel safe, they're going to do academically poor because when their adrenaline system is pumping, blood leaves their brain to their extremities. They're in a fight-and-flight mode. Mm-hmm. So we need to create climate and culture, and those are two different things. Mm-hmm. Climate can change from an assembly program coming in for one day, but it's not going to last long. Right. Culture change is what's really needed, deep-rooted change. And so we, we designed our programs to go much deeper than assemblies. We do trainings, we create service clubs in schools, we leave curriculum, we work with some of the top educators to provide an ongoing support system for the schools we go into so that the children feel connected and safe.
0: And there's a sustainable program in place. From,
1: From the beginning I said we must create sustainability.
0: Right. You mentioned that Rachel had two mentors for this listening audience, who were they?
1: Well, she had, she had several, but two that i mentioned today were Martin Luther King, Jr., who uh, she had read all of his speeches, and I think she may have borrowed her uh, challenge to start a chain reaction of kindness and compassion that she wrote about from a statement that he made when he said, "'Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hatred mm-hmm. cannot tr- drive out hate. Mm-hmm. Only love can do that. "'The chain reaction of evil must be broken.'" And Rachel wrote about starting a chain reaction of kindness and compassion and I've had the opportunity to share the podium with all of Dr. King's children at one time or another. Okay. And we've talked about breaking that chain reaction that their dad called a chain reaction of evil mm-hmm. and starting that chain reaction of kindness and compassion that my daughter wrote about. The second one was Anne Frank, and uh, Anne Frank inspired Rachel to keep her diaries. And uh, ironically, we, uh, our oldest presenter for Rachel's challenge, we, he came on board with us when he was 85 years old, he wow. was the first CEO of the Anne Frank House and was a, uh, an assistant and best friend to Anne Frank's father, Otto Frank, wow. until Otto died. And he introduced us to meet Geese, who is the lady who hid the Frank family, and we became friends with her before she died. So it came full circle from, Ra- from Anne Frank influencing Rachel. That's a chain reaction it to, is. to Rachel's story mm-hmm. influencing the people who knew Anne Frank, mm-hmm. and the whole circle was complete
0: interesting so speaking from the perspective of a parent who had a kind child is kindness and compassion built in inherent do you feel like it's an inherent trait or is it something that can also be taught
1: yes and yes okay (laughs) i do believe there are children born with sort of an instinctive bent toward kindness and compassion Mm -hmm. i have five children Two, I'm not going to say which ones, but two of those children have have had that bent mm-hmm. from day one. I mm-hmm. uh, have two that needed to be taught that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the resu- end result can be the same. But uh, those that are more strong-willed, strong-headed, uh, sometimes need uh, reminders and teachers and mentors. And So every child can be kind and compassionate. Every person can be, whether they're born with that instinct or if they're trained and taught. Right. Uh, I think that instinct can actually be trained into them.
0: Interesting. How much impact do you think modeled behavior has on a child's level of compassion or kindness?
1: Modeled behavior has a tremendous influence on on young people. That's why we say to teachers, don't just disperse information to their heads. Impart character to their lives. You know, you are not just a... uh, Robert Frost, one of my favorite writers, was a great poet. He said, I'm not a teacher, I'm an awakener. So we wrote, mm-hmm. uh, Dr. Marzano and I wrote a book called Awaken the Learner. And we encourage educators not to be teachers, but to be awakeners. Because if a child, mm-hmm. you can teach a child's head all day long, but if they don't want to learn, you're wasting your time. Right. If you can impart to them from who you are and they connect with you, they will open up their heart and their head and they'll learn far more. Academically, that's been proven over and over again.
0: Right. So some statistics that you cite um, are that Over 1.5 million people are involved in Rachel's Challenge programs, more than 1,200 schools and businesses are reached, and over 150 suicides are averted. So going off of that, tell me what success looks like with respect to Rachel's Challenge and the program and the objectives that you hope to accomplish. What does success look like for that?
1: I think the first figure is wrong because, uh, and that wasn't my quote, I'm not sure, but maybe on our website. Yeah, uh, it's it One point eight million are what we. One point five million we reach every year. Okay. But we have a lot more that stay involved. So we've sure. reached twenty-eight million over the last nineteen years. Oh, sure. And w- there's there's tens of thousands of Friends of Rachel clubs. We don't keep up with it, so I couldn't give you a figure. But there are mm-hmm. millions of people that I think have remained involved with the message, and we hear from them all the time. We have parents now telling us. They went, when they went to school, Rachel's challenge influenced their life. Now their children are going through it. So, uh, because children That's today were, reach, yeah. were, weren't even alive when Columbine happened, right. that was 20 years ago. Right. But to me, su- success will be when our American mm-hmm. educational system, and we're getting there, mm-hmm. puts as much emphasis on social, emotional learning and growth, as much emphasis on, on the kindness, compassion, character of students and teachers, because there are a lot of teachers who don't even like children. Not in nobody in Pennsylvania, but I've met a couple in other states. <laughs> Thank you for pre-qualifying <laughs> that. <laughs> but uh, I, uh, when when Horace Mann started normal schools, which were teach, teacher training colleges, uh, mm-hmm. they would filter out teachers who didn't like children, even if they were skilled. We don't do that anymore, of course. But I think teachers need as much education about compassion, kindness civility as sometimes te- as students do. Mm-hmm. So we do both. We, we do a lot of teacher training, we do a lot of uh, you know youth training, but uh, the success to me will be when our educational system returns to the hard head and hand as all being equally important.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Where can our listeners, where can the schools find out more information about your program? Where's the best place? Well, to Well, there's them a to number of ways.
1: Rachel Scott, R-A-C-H-E-L Scott, S-C-O-T-T dot org or dot com. Uh, our Rachel's Challenge, uh, which is our organizational name, dot com or dot org. We're a nonprofit organization, but uh, we, you know, have several website names. So.
0: Okay, great. Well, Daryl, I want to thank you so much for taking time to talk with us today.
1: You're welcome. Thank you.
0: And listeners, I encourage you to go to our website at keyedradio.org for more information and resources supporting today's discussion. This is Annette Gray saying thank you for listening to Keystone Education Radio.
1: The views and opinions expressed on the Keystone Education Radio podcast are solely the views and opinions of our guests and do not reflect the views and opinions of the Pennsylvania School Boards Association. Thank you.